Blog Talk Radio. Michael Carnahan. Uh, as always, I'm going to be joined here on ASWF Aftermath by our fan, Cody, and uh, my wonderful broadcast colleague, Mr. Cornbread. Cornbread, Cody, how are y'all doing this week? Man, I Cornbread, go ahead. Ready to roll. Hey, go ahead, sir. Hey, man, I'm doing as good as I can be, man. Just uh, trying to stay cool in this warm weather. <laughs> I can understand that. It's definitely uh, Arkansas turned into a sauna this week. I mean, it's been relentless, well, to say the least. Well, I'll, I'll I'll speak I'll speak to that, Mike, because right now it's about as hot outside as a cold turkey looking for salvation right now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, one thing you can guarantee: it's only going to get hotter this Saturday night in the Valiant Arena. But I told everybody here. I told everybody before we went live, we've got some breaking news to report, and here it is: the ASWF board of directors and the commissioner Joey Britt have officially, for one show, suspended the Suicide King Ray Ray and uh, the former Suicide uh, Otis Crowley for uh, this Saturday night's event. This is based upon. An altercation that actually happened backstage while we were all in the arena watching the event. Apparently, a backstage altercation occurred between Ray Ray and uh, Suicide. And that has prompted the board of directors and uh, the commissioner, under the guidance of the commissioner, Joey Britt, to go ahead and suspend Ray Ray and Otis Crowley for this event uh, this coming up this Saturday. And, I mean, I tell you, I, I've got to applaud the decision because after what we saw two weeks ago, you can't control these guys. I mean, am I right, Cody? No, no, you can't. I mean, they went at it. And, I mean, here's the thing. This is one of these student versus teacher things, almost almost in the same sense as, uh, as a Will Cajun cataclysm in a sense. 
uh, Ray took Otis under his wing many moons ago, and uh, Otis went away. Now he's back, and uh, what better way to make a target than out of the Suicide King himself? I would definitely agree with that statement. I mean, there is, there is no bigger target, obviously, in the ASWF besides maybe forego the ASWF champion, uh, the main event Curtis Dawn. There's nobody with a bigger target on your back. I mean, you want to talk about making a name for yourself. You're talking about going after a 17-year veteran in the suicide team. You're talking about going against a guy that literally – he taught you what you uh, what you know for a, for a lot of the facts. I mean, and Cornbread, I, I pose this to you. I mean, we call uh, Ray Ray obviously the Suicide King, and I've been thinking about this all week. I mean, really, does that make Suicide or Otis Crowley the Suicide Prince? You know, this, this presents a very, very big problem for me because, you know, we we know how much of a loose cannon, no, no pun intended, that Suicide King Ray Ray can be. And with this reoccurring nightmare coming back to the forefront, I think it makes for almost, you know, you know, you know, back you know, back in the eighties that you know, they said this about Mr. Wrestling Two and the Mass Superstar. They said that, you know, one state ain't big enough for these two guys. Well, I have to say this about Arkansas. I don't think that this whole entire state of Arkansas is big enough for both Ray Ray and you know and an attacker that came out of nowhere. And this this is a total shock to me and you know Granted, you know, we don't you know we we always love to see any and every competitor compete inside the ASWF ring because you know that's what accounts always in the square circle. But I think the board of directors had to make a decision because to me, though, this has gone past the bounds of professional wrestling in my opinion. And I would agree with that. Uh you know, the thing is with that situation, I mean, this is the only thing that I believe the board of directors could have done is we want to say, uh, hey, hey to uh, Mr. Troy and what's up to Aaron, our loyal fans that uh, tune into the ASWF Aftermath every show. But uh, we mentioned this, you know, and we mentioned these things that are going on. And it's one of those things that, like, like I said, I mean, I have to say, I think that the board of directors, their hands were tied in this case. There is literally, if they wanted the Valiant Arena to stand, there's no way that they could have let these two individuals in this, uh, in the building, period, in my opinion. There's no way. You you just, you can't. You, you absolutely cannot let that happen. And, I mean, going forward... Going forward, if they're going to keep this building standing, they're going to have to reinforce security for for uh, for sure. You may need a may need the National Guard for that case. You ain't lying about that. But ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into breaking down exactly what happened uh, two weeks ago 
And, you know, I want to start out with the ASWF championship and the situation surrounding that. As we saw a epic encounter between the 2019 Rumble for Freedom winner Cataclysm and the main event, Curtis Dawn. And, you know, I said it uh, two weeks ago on Aftermath that I believe that this was Curtis's gravest challenge and the challenge that I wasn't sure that he could possibly overcome. And yet, you know, again, Curtis Don, the main event, proves me wrong again uh, and picks up the victory. But what happened after the matchup, that really tells the story, as it appears now the Nocturnal Flames, Leo Tegan, has staked his claim at that ASWF championship. I mean... Michael, I mean, that was something we did not see coming. We've seen Leo Keegan walk out on his match earlier, and we thought, hey, man, what is he doing walking out of the match? You know, is he walking out for good? No, he surprised us all showing up after uh, after Curtis Don had defeated Cataclysm, and, I mean, just leveled everything in sight. And, I mean, it was a shock because is this Leo Keegan staking his claim to the ASWF title? And if so, I mean, we haven't seen him in this title hunt since, what, the anniversary show last year? I mean, it's been about that long, and that's the thing about it. You know, Leo Keegan, we talk about how dominant sometimes the main event Curtis Dawn is. And, you know, while that TKO move that he uses to uh, finish off his opponent may may have, uh, you know, kind of crossed into that boundary of, being, you know, unescapable. Once he hits it, it's over. But the thing about it is, you know, this is a situation where this is a guy who's actually going to be able to look Curtis in the eye. Uh, Curtis is actually, in most cases, when I think about it, Curtis is going to have to look up to Leo. That doesn't happen often. This is a guy that's the same size as the or excuse me, that is bigger, excuse me, than uh, the main event Curtis Don. You don't say those things in the ASWF. They don't get no bigger and badder than the main event Curtis Don. And we found a guy who is going to now challenge him, Cornbread, that's actually more physically impressive. And, 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 and not just that, but also. No, we no, we cannot leave out this factor, and that factor is this: Keegan has had no, he had to rebound himself and had to do something after losing after losing the tag team titles um, to the Vincent brothers right before that, right before the tag team situation went up in limbo. He had to do something, and. You have to kind of figure that this was a well-thought-out, calculated game plan by Keegan. Now, will it work when the no. chips, when all the chips are in front of the table? We'll have to see. But I said it Saturday. I said it last time, and I'll say it again. You, you got to give some props to Curtis Dawn. He realizes that the target, literally, any challenger can come out of nowhere. And he ain't backing down from next one. And if you think for one second that 
the main event Curtis Dawn's just gonna sit back and um take this thing lightly. You got another thing coming. He'll bring the fight. The question is, can Leo excuse me, can Leo Keegan, the nocturnal flame, put out the fire of the champion? Hey, that's a heck of a question there, Cornbread, as far as that goes. You know, you look at the nocturnal flame, and, you know, I'm going to pose this to you, Cody, as I answer it myself. You look at the dominance that the nocturnal flame can, uh, can bring about. But there's a thing about it. We haven't seen a dominant streak uh, like we have from Curtis Dawn in quite some time. I mean, think about it. In a big match situation, when was the last time Curtis got lost? Ace Morta for the Evolution Championship, I believe. Back at Halloween Resurrection. So you look at this and you got to ask, you know, is Curtis going to be dominant enough? Or is Leo Keegan just going to become another victim? I mean, this is the thing. The moment doesn't seem to get to... Uh, the main event like it does other competitors. Am I right, Cody? Uh, no, it doesn't. I mean, and I think here's the thing. Um, I'm going into it, the main event, Curtis Don, look at it this way. They don't call him the main event for nothing, and it seems that once he got into this main event picture, this is where he thrived. And, I mean, I haven't seen Curtis Don this dominant I don't think I've ever seen him this dominant. And I follow him uh, through ASWF and many other promotions. And so just to see him dominate the way he has been, I mean, Michael, it's like we always say, winning the belt is one thing, but staying atop of the mountain, that is a completely different, that is a whole different story. I totally agree. I would agree, you know, especially when you got everybody uh, wanting to knock you off of the mountaintop, so to speak, that uh, you are on top of when you are the ASWF champion. And, you know, it may be a lonely place, but I'll say this, you know, uh, the main event doesn't mind being alone as long as he has that ASWF championship to comfort him. And uh, speaking of championship belts, uh, gentlemen, the uh, Evolution Championship uh, is currently missing from its owner. Uh, the Evolution Champion d as we saw a larceny committed. The yeah. uh, the ASWF Championship was stolen from d in the uh, matchup against the Mistress of Mayhem. And mind you, I want to point out one fact here. If Cross doesn't come out, I want to pose this to you. You know, I, Morta had just hit the Chokes clan. The first thing I want an answer to is it, it sure looked like Morta was about to claim that title. Cody, I mean, how do you feel about that, first of all? Well, I mean, Michael, the thing is, this match, I've never seen Asa do half the things she's done in any match that she did in this match. She knows go. She knew going into this match that you have a well-versed athlete in D-Mike. And I say she brought her a game, and I mean, this match was a very competitive match, and I don't think we've seen her this much on fire since uh, right around this time last year. Uh, I wouldn't think, Michael. Yeah, 
uh, Halloween Resurrection last year. Uh, she defeated Curtis Dawn, now world champion. And, uh, you know, ever since she had lost that championship to, uh, to Excalibur, she has kind of been, she's still had a mean streak, but I mean, it seems like all of a sudden after this break, she had, it took, she took some time to think and re-strategize and that is what she did. And Michael, I have no doubt that if she keeps, keeps doing what she's doing and improving her game and, and uh, bringing something new to the table every time she comes out to the ring, I have no doubt that she'll win another championship at ASWF again. Uh, Corbett, maybe you can speak to that as well. I, I mean, like I said, it certainly looked like the dream was coming to an end. Uh, D-Mike had just gotten hit with that uh, chokeslam spinebuster combo that Asa Morta has put away so many individuals with. And, I, I mean, the ref was counting. It was going to be over, and then in comes the original Misfit. Had the original Misfit not stuck his nose in that title match, you believe that was the end of the uh, miracle run, so to speak, for the Evolution champion, the Limit Breaker? I, I, I would have to think so, Mike, and and, and, and here's why. Because both both competitors, you know, before I get to that, I'll I, I, I'll I'll state this for the record. What's the number one thing that literally drives ASWF literally to be the number one promotion in, in the state of Arkansas? That's competition. And if you're a champion in this company, as I mentioned with um, Curtis Dawn, uh, you have no idea where your challengers are coming from, but you always better be ready. And the thing about it is, when the original Misfit just came out of nowhere and cost, I'll, I'll go ahead and put this lightly. Cost a more of that championship. Um, to me, some would say, you know, that probably sparked up another in the continual robbery or another chapter in the robbery of the Misfits and the Manah. I think that's bigger problems for D-Mike because now he has a third contender to deal with. Not just a Samorta, but the original Misfits. And that presents a monster, monster problem for the champion. And think about it. If that match goes down and it's a three-way for the title, the champ's advantage is out of the window. It's a must-win for the champion rather than the challengers. I mean, and that's the logical conclusion, you know, with the actions of the original Misfit. He has put himself front and center in this Evolution title picture. Uh, You know, Obviously, the title doesn't belong to him, but he's the one carrying it. You know, possession's nine-tenths of the law, as we always hear. But, uh, you know, he definitely, at the very least, he's made a statement that uh, his goal now, after Fight for Freedom, is to become the Evolution Champion. Something that I believe, unless I'm mistaken, and Cody, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but something that Josh Cross has not accomplished in the ASWF as of yet. That would be a heck of a trophy for him to have in his Hall of Fame career. I mean, Michael, you're right. I mean, I think that is the one championship that has eluded Josh Cross. And, I mean, he's going to have his hands full with the likes of D-Mike and, and Asa Morta, all in the Evolution division. I mean, he's going to have his hands full. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, you talk about the Evolution division. You talk about a division that's stacked from top to bottom. You, I, yeah. I mean, not that there isn't a division in the ASWF that, like Cornbread alluded to, you know, the thing that makes ASWF the best in the state of Arkansas is the competition, the parity that these individuals uh, create. Every time they step inside of the ring, anybody at any point in the ASWF can uh, lose to anybody. And that's the beautiful thing about uh, the All-Star Wrestling Federation. But the thing is with Frost, I mean, I wish you would have went about it the be- a better way. But, I mean, Cornbread, what a statement. Well, it was a statement. It was a statement made loud and clear. And I, I don't think it was just to Ace Morta or just to the Evolution Champ D-Mike. I think it was a statement made to the locker room that, you know, I mean, granted, as you said, you know, anybody, any given contender can become a champion. And with Cross making the statement that he did, he did not, he literally showed that he did not want to wait his turn. Sometimes, you, sometimes, you know, no, no, they say, no, you said earlier, no, possession is not intent to law. And sometimes patience is um, only temporary, especially in Cross's case. I mean, I would agree. You know, Cross absolutely wants to be the verifiable champion, and Aaron, I agree with you. It is exciting stuff that's going on inside of this Evolution Division. And let's be honest here, and the Evolution Division in the ASWS is the most exciting division in professional wrestling today. I'll go ahead and go out on that limb and put and put that out there. Uh, there's absolutely no limit to what these guys can do. And, uh, you know, obviously D-Mike leading the charge at the top of the heap in that division. And that's the thing I want to ask you, Cody. Uh, you know, looking at this, it seems like every time D-Mike has an obstacle put in front of him, he, you know, pardon the pun, but he breaks through it. You know, they call him, they don't call him the limit breaker for no reason. Uh, it seems like every time he has something put in front of him, he he digs deeper and he finds a way to overcome whatever obstacle or object's been placed in front of him. I mean, I'm not doubting the guy. I, I think the guy can definitely overcome somebody like the original Misfit or even in the scenario like Cornbread broke, up, broke out the original Misfit and the uh, Mistress of Mayhem Asa Morta. But, I, I mean, like I keep saying, it eventually has to catch up with them. Uh, this guy's been champion since April, so what now? Uh, five, five and a half months. Five and a half months. There you got it. Uh, five and a half months is the ASWF Evolution champion. It's going to take a toll on anybody. And this isn't to take anything away from D-Mike. But is this the obstacle that finally stops T-Mike? Is this the limit he can't break? I mean, Michael, he can... I mean, Michael, he's the limit breaker. He's D-Mike. I firmly believe he could do anything that he sets his mind to in the business because, I mean, here's the thing. He's overcame so much in the year... Uh, that he's been in ASWF as as a competitor. I mean, 
uh, though they lost last year, he had managed to walk out of the penitentiary of pain. Um, you know, he's beaten Insane Shane. He's beaten Josh Cross in a ladder match. He's won that free fall match. I mean, other than win other championships in ASWF, I mean, there's nothing D-Mike has not been able to overcome so far. So I think this is just another challenge for D-Mike, and I have a 100% faith that he could overcome it if he puts his mind to it. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, he is the limit breaker. Uh, every time we count D-Mike out, this is the guy who comes back and he manages to uh, he manages to prove everybody. All of his critics are wrong. And here's the other interesting object that we've got to look at in this thing is the fact that Josh Cross hasn't beaten D-Mike in one-on-one competition in a big match scenario. And uh, obviously you see the greatest gym known to man active in the comments and you're right, he, you're right, Max. He is the limit breaker. But also, like Aaron said, you know, the schedule, it's got to take a toll on him all over Arkansas, and that's what could hurt him. But uh, the thing is with this, the thing is with this, Josh Cross has not beaten D-Mike in a big match situation as of yet. Is it going to be the schedule that betrays uh, D-Mike in this case or is it going to be a situation where D-Mike, again, we see him somehow, some way, dig deep to break another limit, Congress? Well, I'll speak to that, Mike. And I'm going to answer your question with this. And that question is this. What makes champions last long, go longer, and have better durations and improve as champions? That's one word, and it's a five-letter F word called focus. That's that's why the main event Curtis Dawn is the champion, because he is focused. He takes competitors one at a time, whether it's a one-on-one situation or whether it's a three-on-one situation, or what. No matter what the situation is, even even if it's a multi-man match. Same with D Mike. His deal has always been focused. Let's really go back. No, you talked about that free fall match earlier, Cody. Let's really go back and really, really look at the number one cancellation that ended up landing D Mike that title. And that was the Manai Misfits feud. That came full circle, and look who ended up as the beneficiary of that whole deal. D-Mike, and challenge after challenge, yeah, challenge after challenge, D-Mike has to see that. If the focus keeps on, because here's the thing, a title reign to me has always been defined, not so much of how many guys, how many guys the champion faces, but it's, it's defined by the quality of competition that presents the champion right there on the spot. And that's why D-Mike, his focus level is so high right now, same with Curtis Dawes. Both guys' focus are so high right now, you can throw any challenge right in front of them, especially in a scheduled contest, and they both will come out on top. 
and we've seen it happen, and we saw it happen the last time we were at the Valiant Arena. It's hard to argue that. You know, uh, give either of these guys an opportunity to prepare for whatever situation, and it seems like these guys, as soon as they sign the contract, they're in the film room studying tape, looking at these guys, looking for the weakness. And that's exactly what the limit breaker does. He waits for that moment, and he strikes. He was the beneficiary at anniversary 20 of a miss. It, it, it does. You're right. It comes down to miss focus. Uh, you remember, well, Cody, if you do go back to that, uh, both Josh Cross and Ray Ray fighting, battling for that Evolution Championship. But the rules stated, as, and I forget which one it was that unbuckled the title and had the title, but the rule stated it was the person whose both feet hit the floor with title in their possession to be the victor. And D.I. Yeah. again came out victorious because he, it, he basically had the title there. And he was able to take advantage of the lack of focus between the Suicide King and the original Misfit. <laughs> I mean, uh, Michael, I mean, like I said, D-Mike, he's taking advantage of every opportunity he's given him. And, I mean, it just so happened that at, at the free fall match, he's, I mean, you know, D-Mike broke a limit in that match, fought every, fought with everything he could and ended up champion. Uh, you know, the rules, like you said, you stated the rules, and... uh the one thing about D Mike, I'll give him credit. He's been at the right place at the right time. But yeah. the thing that makes him being at the right place in the right time all work it or work out for him is like Cornbread said, that five letter word, focus. Focus and preparation are exactly what is moving D Mike forward. And that's not to say yeah. that the rest of the roster isn't focused and they're not determined and they're right. not doing the homework. But D-Mike just right. has this other gear that we've never seen in the ASWF. This guy has that, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth gear that somehow, some way, he kicks it into and does amazing, amazing things. But, gentlemen, we also had a rematch at this past show from Fight for Freedom 2019 for the ASWF Tag Team Champions as we saw the new oh. ASWF Tag Team Champions, the storybook Prince Gaston and Gary and Tear defend against the big man Kate Hoomer and Justin Vincent. And, you know, I said it in the description, but this wasn't exactly what you expected. You expect, a, you know, a professional wrestling match for the ASWF Tag Team titles, but what it pulled down to was a good old-fashioned butt-whooping and revenge being scored uh, by the big man and Justin Vincent. When you look at it, obviously they weren't able to walk away for, with the titles because they couldn't keep that focus to be able to, retain, to regain those tag team titles into their camp. But they did get a measure of retribution, Cody. I mean, Michael, let's break this down. I mean, you know, by the end of the match – it wasn't about winning the tag team championships. Yeah, that was a bonus. But, I mean, 
as you said, it was about retribution. Both the big man and Justin Vincent, I mean, they viciously attacked uh, Gaston Stallion and Gary and Tier with the briefcase. The uh, And, I mean, these men had snapped, and we could tell uh, by doing so that over this last month, um, that Justin Vincent and the big man K Toomer, they have just, I mean, they hadn't gotten over it. Their focus was just getting payback and at this point. That's what I think it was. This last month, they were sitting at home. They were seething because of what happened. You know, the use of the briefcases that forced, actually forced the hand of the board of directors to give them the rematch. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that you look at it. And I guarantee you, you know, uh, the big man hasn't been in the ASWF very long. But one thing I can tell you we've learned about him, and Cornbread, you can speak to this, the man just likes to hurt people. And if you give him a reason, even a half a reason, to hurt you, I mean, he's going to take it out of you. And he's going to take it out of your hind end, and it's not going to look pretty as it did uh, it did, definitely didn't look pretty for the storybook prince, no Gary and Tear. No, it didn't, and 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 I, you know, you know the you know the franchise Shane Douglas uh, said this once uh, in an interview on television, and he said, "Revenge is a dish that's so cold." And for the potential challenge for the guys who went in this match, the challengers, that being Vincent and Kay Toomer. Yeah, their focus was a different focus uh, rather than winning the titles, and we saw it come into play here. Here comes the question, though. Does that kind of force the champions to want to give them that rematch just to prove a point and just to receive them back? Or does it force K. Tumor to um, provoke the champions otherwise, or does it really give K-Tumor another huge advantage when it comes to scouting for other championships, possibly in the ASWL? I mean, I I will say this. I hesitate to throw the big man in the uh, ASWF hunt for the biggest title at this point in his career. He's still right. new. We're still learning about the guy. He's still That's new. Right. He's still fresh. And this is a brand new sport for him. Like we said when the first night the main came out, all we know about him is his MMA. Uh, we've seen it work for Shane. It may work out for the big man, but I'm sure right now his focus is just hurting people and uh, – Gaston and Gary and Tear just happened to get in his way. Aaron says, give the champs credit. They took a beating, but they're still tag champs, and uh, they didn't yeah. shut down for three count. Uh, it's a good point, uh, Cody. Yeah, they did continue to get back up. You know, got to give it to them. They took, they took a whooping and kept coming back for it, but uh, I, think they, uh, I think they learned a lesson. Hey, Mike uh, and Cody, 
we um I, I'm sorry to cut you guys off, but um would you mind if I pose this question here? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. And that question is if the champions move forward, who do you honestly think could be the next guys or the next team that will be the next ones challenging for the belt? Because to me, it's too hard to pick. I figured I'd ask you guys. I mean, the ASWF Tag Team Division is loaded, Cody. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you answer that here in just a moment. Uh, you you got to throw names out there like the Manai. Obviously, they're busy. Uh, Ray, obviously, busy with uh, his issue with suicide, as well as, uh, yeah. as well as Cataclysm. And his right now, his focus is the ASWF Championship. I'm not sure what's going on with Morta, but you look at the Manai, obviously. Uh, you look at the former champs, the Titans of Violence at some point, have got to be looking for a rematch. I, I, I mean, stop, top to bottom, it's hard to pick a number one contender. But I do want to point something out. Uh, Bad Brad is actually in the comment section, and he did uh, make a point. He says, as we've mutually parted ways, D-Mike is more than ready to handle any schedule. As he talks about uh, the Evolution title that we brought up earlier, and he says Josh Cross will catch his repercussions from D-Mike. And he also brings up the title match. He says, and you saw Justin Vincent. He took out his frustrations against two guys who ultimately stole the tag team titles. And that's what I believe a lot of this is, is that these two guys ultimately did steal the ASWF Tag Team Championships. And even Aaron, as we get into that here in just a little bit, the finally gifted athlete Will Cage and uh, Grayson Beckett, they, I'm not sure what their first uh, mode, uh, their first actions are going to be, but they're also, also, you know, making a name for themselves. Uh, the greatest gym known to man now wants to tag with the big name Tay Tumor. So, I mean, there's all sorts of options. For this, uh, for this uh, ASWF tag team title and who could challenge it. It looks like we've got a caller uh, calling in, gentlemen. I'm going to go live to the caller. Uh, caller, are you with us? 8, 17, 19. Get ready. We're coming. I, 8, 17, 19. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, 8, 17, 19, that's two days away. And, you know, I, I didn't get a number off of that person. We didn't get to screen the call or get the number off of that person. But the, that, uh, we've seen the video playing on Facebook. Uh, we've seen everything going on. and. That's an ominous sign for uh, what could be to come this Saturday night in the Valiant Arena. I, I hope he, I, I hope he was a caller uh, from a collect phone. I'm not sure if those are still in, intact or whatnot. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the, Michael, you're right. We've seen we've seen a couple videos over the last couple weeks teasing something big happening at ASWF. What it is, I don't know. The 
all I know is the videos are ominous. And from there, I mean, one can only guess, Michael. I, wow. I mean, you're right. Uh, like I said, I mean, it's a very, it's a very ominous situation that uh, apparently is going to come to a head this Saturday night at the Valiant Arena, live in Tucker and Arkansas. So, the fans, you guys aren't going to want to miss this show at all. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about uh, the man that Aaron brought up. Let's talk about, you know, the first thing he did that night, uh, the chairs match. Uh, it lived up oh. to his billing. It was absolutely <clears throat> brutal. These two wore each other out with that chair. Obviously, I'm referring to the essence of gratitude, Grayson Beckett and uh, Excalibur. I mean, this is a issue that was personal, dated back to uh, February at Heartbreak. And, uh, you know, Grayson Beckett managed to pull out the victory. Uh, but let me tell you, I don't believe anybody walked out of that matchup uh, as a victor, Cody, I uh, watching from the watching from the seat. What was going through your mind as you saw these two high level entertainers uh, just beating the crap out of each other? To, for lack of a better term, with these still chairs. Well, uh, the initial first thought is uh, in matches like this is uh, please don't die. I mean that's yeah. a that's the first no part. But, I mean, watching these guys, these guys beat the hell out of each other. I mean, they got slammed on chairs. I mean, beat with the chair. I mean, we even seen a the, – the, I think the real victim of the match was uh, Excalibur, especially with his cell phone. I mean, you've seen Excalibur get trapped in the turnbuckle just to watch his cell phone, his hundreds of dollars uh, that it cost him just to watch it get smashed right there in front of them. Oh, trust me. I, I've seen it. Uh, Excalibur tried to file an uh, insurance claim with the ASWF and uh, have the ASWF uh, pay for it. And I believe he put down that the value of that cell phone was uh, around $1,300. So trust me, Excalibur's a little bit out of pocket thanks to the essence of gratitude for sure. Well, I mean, this feud was personal. I mean, they, uh, you know, you've got to give it to both competitors. Both men fought in this match, and they've been fighting relentlessly for the last six months just to prove who was in the right. I mean, uh, you know, Excalibur tried to take Grayson's pride. What did Grayson take from Excalibur? He took a title from Excalibur, the Evolution Championship. He took a Excalibur's tooth away from him by knocking it out, and then he turned around and took his phone away from him, thirteen hundred plus dollars out of his pocket. And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, both men walked in, didn't walk out the same. That's definitely sure, for sure. Uh, cornbread, what? Are you? I mean, like I said, we can only imagine what was going through our own heads, what was going through your mind, as these two athletes literally went to war in this chairs match. And, you know, as our fan Cody, our fan correspondent Cody, uh, said himself, you know, this guy did not walk out the thing. 
Well, you know, I mentioned at the end of that of that match, you know, you know, Gregson won, but at what price? And you know, if you really want to know what's going through my mind, how about let's put ourselves in the mind of the chair once, you know, for, for once. And you know, there was an old song in the nineties that you know I, I think Monica sang it, and it's called you know just one of those days that girl goes through. Well, it was just one of those days that a chair goes through. And for both these competitors, um, it was as personal as personal could get. And maybe, maybe after the repercussions of that match with both men being hurt and both men being carried out, I think maybe this may have solved that issue, may have solved that robbery, and maybe both men can move forward. But, you know, like they say, you know, what about the chair? You know, chairs are expensive like flat. And when flesh meets steel, steel wins. I mean, Every I, time. I mean, I can guarantee you that we can't put a disclaimer that no chairs were harmed in the uh, – in the middle of that contest, because uh, there was uh, there was there was a lot of chairs harmed in that contest, and I believe we actually now have a man who I uh, saw that firsthand as well on the line, Mister uh, Brad Hicks. Brad, we're talking about the epic chairs encounter between the essence of rather two greats and Beckett and Excalibur, but I'm sure you want to go backwards. And uh, real quick, we want you to hit on uh, the what the plan was in the tag team title match. Obviously, you guys uh, fought for and received your tag team title rematch this past uh, show at the Valiant Arena based upon the footage that you guys were able to produce showing the, uh, the cheating ways of the champions. Uh, was the plan always just to allow the big man K Toomer and Justin Benson to go in there and just wreck shop and get retribution? Or was that more in the moment uh, these guys snapped? Well, I mean, we're two weeks away from the college football season. And uh, as you know, in, in the analogy that I'm making, is that sometimes your game plan breaks down and you just have to do whatever you got to do. Uh, obviously, we went out and we, we acquired the big man, uh, K-Tumor, um, to, to help. And he did a valiant job. And I want to, you know, my hat's off to uh, uh, KT and, and, and wish him the best of luck moving forward. As uh, both him and Justin have, uh, will now go their separate ways. Now, I will remain uh, with Justin Vinson. Um, of course, as everyone might have seen I was absent for the D-Mike match. We've uh, mutually decided uh, that, and, I, and it's obviously I, I approached D-Mike and I told him, I said, you know, you have a lot on your plate. You know, you have the Evolution title to defend. And, you know, I am a commissioner at another organization, the Arkansas Wrestling Organization. So my time is, is, is limited in what I could offer that uh, to D-Mike. And, um, you know, Justin Vincent's just feeling his way out. But, um you know, I'm still going to stay with him, and but I'm allowing D Mike to 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 break the glass ceiling that 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 you know I couldn't do with him because we had kind of reached that pinnacle where I could get him, 
and he's way better uh, than the achievements I could have gotten him uh, moving forward. But, you know, we obviously we wanted the tag team titles because we made a promise, uh, you know, to, to Vincent Brothers. You know, a lot of people haven't been talking about him, but, you know, he's getting better. Uh, Daniel Vincent's getting better, and uh, it, it, it's getting close. And so, obviously, we wanted to keep the tag team titles on the Vincent Brothers, and, and KT was more than willing to kind of help that out. It just didn't go to plan, so the plan broke down, and we broke out the all-out blitz, and we gave uh, the storybook prints and the troll under the bridge a little taste of their own medicine. <laughs> well, Brad, I apologize. Well, Brad, before I uh, turn this over to the fan, Cody and uh, Cornbread, I want to ask you real quickly, uh, you've uh, – You've been able to get some one-on-one insight through this partnership with the big man, Tay Toomer. And we mentioned earlier that we don't know a lot about him, but I said I get the feeling that this guy just likes to go in there and hurt people. Uh, is that pretty accurate about his mindset? Well, I mean, you you know, I, I don't want to be cliche, but you can expect a lot of big things from the big man. Um you know, I've, I've had the fortune, uh, you know, the fortunes of being able to watch him train. Um, we've been sat in meetings, and I'm telling you right now, that's not a man that, that you know, as, even as, an, as a manager, that's not a man that I want to, you know, face, you know, send the guy that I manage into the ring with. I mean, that guy is amazingly talented. And, you know, I think the misconception about him is that, you know, a lot of people see his size and they go, well, obviously he's going to have power, but, you know, he's going to be slow. Uh, no, sir. You know, yeah. I think you've seen that in the last couple of matches and even the match that, you know, we signed him on up in uh, Ola, Arkansas. The guy is, is amazingly quick. He's very versatile. He's very agile on his feet. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen him bust a couple of kickbags and punching bags, kicking them in the gym, so... You know, I'd hate to be on the receiving end of that, and and I look forward to to uh, watching his uh, career develop uh, in professional wrestling. I, I think that if you are a promotion, you know, looking for an agile, quick, powerful big guy, then KT's your man. Well, real quick, I know uh, you've got to get going here before too long, but real quick, I want to turn things over to. We'll go with Cody first. And uh, then we'll go over to Cornbread. Cody, was there anything you wanted to discuss with uh, with uh, Brad? Well, I mean, uh, you 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 know both of them really well, Brad. Uh, so what's what's can we expect next from the big man and Justin Vinson? I mean, can we expect maybe another uh, title shot for him down the line? Or I mean, what if what if uh, you know what can we expect from these men? Well, as far as I know, they shook hands after they delivered the beating to Gary and, and uh, the storybook print. And as far as I know, uh, they've decided to travel down separate roads. Um, you know, Justin Vincent's going to be there uh, Saturday night. Uh, I'm sure the big man will be there as well. Um, you know, I, I will not be in attendance for the, for the show on the 17th or the 31st. I will be rejoining back up in, in, in September. Uh, but from the big man, now, I don't represent KT at all, but I can tell you this, um, like I said before, 
going to be a force to reckon with in the ASWF and in professional wrestling, <clears throat> period. Uh, Justin Vincent is going to move forward. Uh, we're not sure on the time frame uh, of when his brother is going to be able to come back. Uh, you know, we know that he's progressing rather quickly. But, you know, that the type of injury that he suffered is one of those ones you don't want to rush back because you want to make sure that it's good and, and healthy to go. Uh, so I, I pretty much figure we're going to move Justin along, kind of get him involved in some singles competition stuff. Uh, don't know exactly where we're going to fit in there with him. Uh, you know, that's going to be up to the uh, administration of the ASWF. But, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling that wherever they put him, he's going to excel. And, you know, we've got a general game plan set for us for the next couple of, of uh, shows uh, for sure. But I did want to comment, though. I was actually um, in the stands or in the seats watching that Grayson Beckett and Excalibur match, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it warms my heart to see what Grayson Beckett was able to do to Excalibur. You know, uh, not taking anything away from Excalibur, but uh, it warms my heart now. Not so sure what happened there, you know, uh, towards the end of the night with Mr. Beckett, but... Uh, that match at least was satisfying to me because, as you know, uh, and Michael can attest to, I have had a history with uh, Excalibur in the past. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, you have. Well, Brad, I know you're uh, short on time, so we're going to go ahead and let you go. I do want to thank you very much and uh, wish you luck. I know you're going out uh, doing some work. You mentioned that you uh, – you mentioned that you uh, – are the commissioner for another organization now here in the state of Arkansas. And I know you're going to be out doing uh, your due diligence, uh, working on some projects for that organization. Uh, wish you the best of luck. I want to, well, I appreciate that, Mike. I want to throw out there real quick. You asked about the tag team title picture. And I noticed mm-hmm. in the chat room that, that Max Stone had mentioned some stuff. And, and I just wanted to put it out there that you can't discredit a guy like the greatest gym known to man. I mean, we saw him and his tag team Absolutely. partner at the time, A.D. Sky, virtually come out of nowhere to win the tag team titles. Now, unfortunately, A.D. Sky uh, suffered a horrific car wreck and, and is recovering still to this day, and we wish him the best of luck and many prayers. But, you know, that just shows you the type of caliber athlete that Max Stone is. So, who knows? Maybe Max Stone and the big man get together. You know, there, there's always a possibility with the greatest film known to man. But you guys have a wonderful day. A wonderful evening. I want to welcome all the fans out this Saturday night to the ASWF, the Valiant Arena. It's going to be a great show. And also, real quick, Michael, you've got to. I'm going to. I want to. I'm going to listen, but I need to know. What do you know about this eight seventeen nineteen? What is this? I mean, Fred, I certainly want to again want to wish you a happy week, but all we know is we've had videos. Uh, sent to us from uh, No Return Sender. The call, we weren't able to trace. Uh, we're still working on that. But the only thing I, mean, I know is that everybody better be there this Saturday night in the Valley Arena because something's going to go down. And uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of is it has to something to do with Otis Crowley. But Crowley's been suspended, so I have—I literally have no idea. 
Cody, maybe you can try to answer that for us. Michael, I mean, I I honestly have no idea either. I mean, you called me as soon as you had received that. Um, you asked me because I work in the computer industry. Hey, man, do you know anybody that could possibly trace the email back? And uh, when we traced the email back, the account had been deleted. So, I mean, I have no idea. And if we could have found it, you know, maybe maybe we could have had a had a clue what's going on or who it was. But Michael, you've got me stumped. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know. I've never seen anything like it, Cornbread. What do you make of this? I, I kind of feel it's almost like a freakout situation because individuals send videos like that. That I mean, that's number one. Number two, it's unidentifiable. Number three, what really, I mean, is this really a game changer for ASWF because of, because of all of this? And even bigger question, will that person show up and reveal their identity? That That's what I want to know. That, that's a good question, and the only way to answer that is definitely to be in the arena this Saturday night. But real quick, I know uh, we're running out of time with you, Cornbread. But uh, real quick, I do want to address what happened this uh, past Saturday. Uh, Brad alluded to it uh, in saying, you know, not so much later on in the night, but Grayson Beckett has aligned himself with the finally gifted athlete, uh, Will Hayes. And yeah. I, I'm surprised. I mean, this is a guy who literally his whole lifeblood was the fan. And Grayson Beckett has literally just severed that. Yeah. I don't understand it. Uh, Cornbread, I'll let you go ahead and start on this. Yeah. I, I, I'm still a little dumbfounded by that whole situation. And even with me being dumbfounded by that, now, maybe I need to ask myself this question. Will it be something that could him or it could be something that could hurt him in the long run? Because Will Cage, as we all know, if these full guns are blazing, these full guns are blazing. But my question is, really, did Cage really get inside the head of Grayson Beckett to make him do what he did? And if so, what's the price? What was the charge for that? I mean, that's I mean, a heck of a point. Michael, Cornbread, I mean, here's the deal. Sorry to interrupt. The thing that's been going on with Grayson Beckett and Will Cage, I mean, for some reason, ever since Grayson Beckett has made his debut at ASWF, Will Cage has kind of had a almost like a respectable bond. Like they were like, it felt like these two were drawn to each other like a moth to the flame, if you will. Anytime you have seen these men, they have aligned with each other in battle royals. I mean, look back to when Will Cage won the uh, ASWF championship. He helped Grayson Beckett beat Curtis Don. I mean, and then they turn around and they tore the house down the next show. 
And I mean, Michael, the only thing I could think of, the alliance between these two is similar to that of Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles. You've seen what they could do head to head. Now see what they can do side by side. What cost was it? Grayson Beckett? People say he turned on the fans, and that may be the case. But, I mean, maybe Grayson Beckett, I mean, look at it this way. Will Cage is the next member of the Manai. A misfit, if you will. And then you see that he thrives on chaos. Maybe Grayson Beckett, you know, after his match with Excalibur, maybe that awoken something inside of him to where maybe he thrived on that same chaos. I don't know, Michael, but like I said, it seems as if, you know, I play a lot of video games, so there was a lot of Easter eggs dropped around, and maybe they maybe they didn't catch it. I'm not sure, but these two, for some reason, have always been an alliance everywhere they went. Just all of a sudden, why was it that when one had a change of heart, the other one followed? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, gentlemen, before we go ahead and give our final thoughts before we head into the batting arena this Saturday night, I want to pose a question to each of you. Uh, what's next for these two men who uh, apparently I've been uh, instructed that they want to uh, be known as hashtag FGA? Uh, it seems to me like the sky's the limit tag team title opportunities, things like that. Cody, we'll start with you. I mean, Michael, we have not seen these guys in tag team action yet with each other. What we have seen, look at that move that they hit Tyler Knight with at the end of, or toward the end of last show. And I mean, if that doesn't tell you what is to come, if these guys work to great together on that one move, just imagine what they can do when they wrestle a full match as a unit. I mean, Michael, the sky could be the limit for these guys. Absolutely. I would agree. Cornbread, real quick, what's your thoughts on hashtag FGA? I'll sum it up with this. I think they may be the <clears throat> next challengers for the tag team titles. If I'm the champions, I better be where I I would agree. Uh, Aaron said Grayson Beckett doesn't need anybody by himself. Obviously, he uh, he has decided he needs the uh, finally gifted athlete, Mr. Will Cage. But, uh, you know, I, you got to give it up to the man, former Evolution champion in his own right. The guy, a heck of a competitor. But, Cornbread, we'll start with you. Let's go ahead and start with the final thoughts and get us ready for this Saturday night live from the Valued Arena in Cuffman, Arkansas. Well, bottom line, gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen out there listening and watching, this is, corn, this, this is Cornbread, seeing the Arkansas Sportscast is talking to you. Bottom line, if you never bought one, if you want to see one, then guess what? You better come to this one. That is ASW at Tuckerman. Right there on Highway 367-201. Highway 367-North. Buckingham, Arkansas. It is bottom line. 
the place to be on Saturdays. You do not want to miss this show. Join myself, the voice of the ASWL, Mike Carterhan, DJ, all the great stars of the ASWL, and so much more. We have a whole, whole lot of professional sports all right there at the Bayou Arena. You don't want to miss. Bring your family. Bring everybody you can. And make sure you are at the Bayou Arena at Tuckerman because you know we're going to see you at the show. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Cornbread. Cody, what are you looking forward to most this Saturday night? Give us your final thoughts. I mean, Michael, I mean, we know that Suicide Otis Crowley and the Suicide King Ray Ray have both been suspended. But will will this situation be further addressed? I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing how the world title picture has been shaken up even more now. I'm looking to see where this goes. Michael, new alliances have been formed. Other alliances has been have been severed. And I mean, Michael, I, everything's shaping up to be a little bit spooky. And uh, I'm just ready to see how it all goes down this weekend at ASWF. Absolutely, absolutely, Cody. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I can't wrap it up any better than this. I'm going to say it this way. This Saturday night, you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to see what happens next up with uh, Suicide Otis Crowley and the Suicide King. We're going to see what's next for hashtag FGA. We're going to see what happens next in that tag team title division. You're going to see what's next for the big man, Kay Toomer and Justin Vincent, as they obviously have had a mutual parting of the ways, so to speak. Uh, the ASWF championship always looms large. And uh, what type of retribution will D-Mike be looking for as he looks to go back and get his ASWF Evolution Championship? And, of course, we can't forget about the uh, eight nineteen nineteen videos, or excuse me, eight seventeen nineteen videos that we've been seeing. Uh, I don't know what to make of these, but it's about that time of year when uh, things get a little spooky, as uh, Cody said a second ago. Halloween Resurrection on the uh, on the horizon here coming up before too long, ladies and gentlemen. You never know what anybody's going to do at the end of the spooky time of year. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's all for us here tonight on ASWF Aftermath. I'm Michael Carnahan for the fan, Cody, as well as my broadcast colleague, Cornbread. Good night, everybody. Okay.